Welcome to the Timo Show. Yes, yes, it's the Timo Show with your host, Timo. Timo. That is me, and I am the one, the fabulous, talented, awesome, and extremely good-looking Timo here on the Timo Show. Welcome, welcome to the show. We got a great guest today. His name is Maxwell Ivy. What's so great about Maxwell? This guy built his own website, taught himself HTML. Wow. Wait, did I mention he's blind? Yeah, this guy, he's a motivational personal coach, blogger. He runs his own business brokering uh, carnival rides, and he designed the website himself. The guy is amazing. He's the author of the book, The Darkness Into the Light, A Blind Man's Inspirational Guide to Success. He will be on this show today to talk to you right after the break. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We have a new sponsor with the Timo Show, KitchenAid. Yeah, that great company, KitchenAid, is sponsoring this podcast. So if you need to get yourself a blender, a mixer, or anything like that, go to our website, timoshow.com, click on the link. You can save up to 60% on your next KitchenAid blender, mixer, any of those things you need. So go to the website, click on the link, and save up to 60%. Okay, I just want to thank Family Christian Bookstores for advertising with the Timbo Show. Uh, because I happen to know when you shop there and you buy a book, a Bible, music, video, whatever it is, uh, that 100% of the profits are going to Christian charities. And I think that's pretty darn awesome. So I personally shop there and I would like to encourage you to shop there by going to the website, timoshow.com, clicking on the link and shop there and help support Christian charities. And now, back to the Timo Show. Welcome back to the Timo Show. Today, our special guest, Maxwell Ivy. He says, call him Max. Hello, Max. Hi, Tim. How you doing? I'm doing really good. I, I, I feel your energy, and it makes me feel even better. Ah, good, good. I, I, I'm usually a glass-half-full type of guy, so it takes a lot to get me down. I have my days, but... I'm usually uh, a little on the happier side. Um, well, well, me too. I, I like to tell people that uh, most of the time I'm so full that there's ice spilling over the top of the glass. <laughs> That's awesome. The first thing I like to ask people um, is if they've ever been to Fargo, North Dakota. Um, no, I've never been to Fargo, North Dakota. I have been to many of the states in this country. I haven't made it to New York or the New England states, and I haven't made it to North Dakota or the far northwest. And the only reason for that is my family never did any carnian in either one of those parts of the country. Wow. So no, I haven't had anybody say yes yet, so that's interesting. You're in Texas right now. Right. I live uh, about 45 miles northwest of Houston in a place called Conroe. Hmm. I've never been to Texas, so I guess we have to meet somewhere in between or something. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's a long way. I mean, between here and North Dakota, there's a lot of there's a lot of open, lonely, wide open space between those two places. It is. It can. I drove to uh, Kansas a couple of years ago, and that is a pretty boring drive. Yeah, and or if we head west from here too, it's it's pretty boring until you hit the mountains, at least. Yep. Um, you mentioned that your family did um carny business. So you were just in the carny business, or what? What exactly did you guys do? Uh, we owned a small traveling carnival for, we had about seven or eight rides, and I helped with the bookings, and I also operated two or three kids' games, and uh, sometimes I helped out in the cotton candy, candy apple stand by boxing popcorn. Uh, basically, I did whatever nobody else wanted to do and that I could do, so. Wow, what kind of life was you, you did that grow, while you were growing up? Uh, well, when I was growing up, we were we did it mostly just on the weekends or when the during the part of the year when the school when school was out of session. Uh, but later in life, I was lucky enough to work with my family, and we traveled together about 40 weeks out of the year, uh, mostly in Texas. But we were always trying to experiment and find better places to work during the summer months. So, uh, one a uh, couple of times we went up into Missouri and Nebraska. A couple of times we went up into Tennessee and Kentucky. A couple of times we went over into Alabama, Mississippi, and North Florida. So uh, we would take our carnival anywhere we thought we could make money with it. And in the summer in Texas, when you've got 90-plus degree temperatures and 70-plus percent humidity, uh, there's not a lot of good events or a, a large number of working hours in this state between Memorial Day and Labor Day. Sure. So I suppose you've probably seen some crazy things. What would be uh, an appropriate story? <laughs> crazy you've seen over the years then? Um, I mean, it's 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 kind of hard to say. Um, you know, we we uh, we met. You know, you meet a lot of interesting people sometimes at their best and sometimes at their worst. Um, I really can't. You know, I wish I'd have. I wish I had known you were going to ask that particular question because, as you say, the the trick is to pick a story you can tell. Um, I know that a lot of times, me and my dad, we were we would travel together and we would be uh, pretty much out there by ourselves. But this was mostly before cell phones. And um, I remember one time we had to go back to Shreveport because we got rained out by a hurricane, and we had to leave a couple rides there. So me and him went back. A few weeks later, to get the two rides that we left in Shreveport, one of them was a kiddie airplane ride that you actually took apart and put on a truck or trailer. The other was one of those uh, kids' play centers with the ball crawl and the rope ladder and stuff. We got there. We had to actually uh, lay down plywood boards and back the truck up to the trailer. And then when we got it hooked up, we realized we didn't have anywhere to put the cars off the airplane ride. So my dad looked around. He goes, hey, Max, we can put them up on the top deck. Of this trailer, and I go okay. Uh, he said, he said if we work together, we can lift them up there just fine. Well, I was still really big at that time. Uh, I didn't have a good belt. I didn't have suspenders. So the whole time we're trying to lift these airplanes up on to the top of this uh, 13 and a half foot tall trailer, my pants are falling down. He, we would stop. He would stop and tell me to pull them back up. And so we stop. I pull them back up. We go to lift the airplane tub, and they fall back down again. I finally said, to hell with it, Dad. Let's just get the thing on the trailer, and I'll there. If if somebody sees me, that's just their problem. 
And so I did that. We got those last three cars up onto that trailer with me with my blue jeans around my ankles. And we had a good laugh about it on the way home. But, you know, uh, a lot of times we would make it in and we would have stories like that of, of just finding ways to get it done. And people would ask us, well, how did y'all come up with that? Or how did y'all manage to do that? And he would always just say, hey, we didn't have a choice. And if, if you get to the point where you don't have a choice or where you don't think you have one, which is just as good, if not better, in my opinion, you can do a lot when you don't think there's another option. And, and if you had had a video camera back then, you probably could have won the $10,000 in America's Funniest Home Videos, because that sounds like a perfect winner for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it got even better when he retold it, because my dad was a much better storyteller than I am. But I... I recently posted about it on my blog, and a lot of people got a good laugh out of me retelling that story. Oh, wow. And so you're still kind of in the business in a way. You now run a, a website where you sell Midway equipment and such. Right. I help people buy, sell, and trade amusement equipment and related items and products and services. And when I, I do it, I started doing it because I needed something else to do as our family carnival was going out of business. My dad's death left us realizing that we weren't really prepared to take over running the business ourselves, me and my brother Patrick, that is. So uh, as I noticed things were getting were going the wrong way, I decided I better have something else to do. So I started uh, helping people. My original goal was to generate some income from commissions to invest in the business and keep it going longer. But when the business folded and we had to connect up with my uncle's carnival, I thought, well, maybe I could turn this into a profession. Uh, so I started doing that as a, as a full-time deal. And really, it started from, from my family's needs because when you have a small seven- or eight-ride carnival and you run a small business in this country, a lot of times you can't afford to purchase new or even different equipment unless you can sell what you already have. So I had been helping my dad and sometimes my, my, my uncle or my cousins when they needed to buy and sell stuff. So I figured I could do it. It turned out to be a whole lot harder than I thought it was going to be. But, uh, you know, I've done pretty good with it. It's still a work in progress. There's still a lot of people out there, especially in the party rental end of the industry, that don't know who I I am yet. But I've been doing this for nine years, uh, pretty much much by myself. And I feel really good about what I've accomplished. I'm considered an expert in the field. People trust me, my opinions, and uh, my... uh, appraisals of equipment, and I'm starting to build up a list of people who I work with on a regular basis that I can not only trust them to pay me when I sell for them, but I can rely on their equipment to be as advertised and as it's shown in whatever pictures or video they send me. When um, I heard that you did that, I I kind of ended up with two uh, different directions of questions for you about it. Uh, One, you know, when I first heard it, I thought, what what kind of market is for those type of Things I didn't really, um, I went to your website and then I looked at it and they're like, oh, concession stand trucks and stuff. I didn't even consider that part. I just totally thought rides and I thought, well, how many people are out there buying rides? And so one of my questions was, um, is the carnival business still going? I mean, I can't imagine that something some entrepreneur ever says, I want to start up. Are they still all like family run businesses or how is that industry going? Well, the industry has been affected by the economy just like everything else has. Um, there, it's still mostly family businesses. I like to say that if you weren't born into it or married into it, you probably won't stay in it. Uh, 
but we have we have corporate ventures. As, as a matter of fact, about five years ago, a company called the North American Midway Entertainment Group bought out about five or six large carnivals, merged them into one operation, and started uh, consolidating some of the larger fair contracts on the East Coast. And I heard that just last month they've been sold to a uh, one of these venture capital groups that's decided to invest in them, thinking that it has a long-term future as a as a serious mainstream profit opportunity for them, which you know shocked me to see somebody outside the industry deciding that it's not only a good investment, but that they think that it's a, that their you know their shareholders or the people who have invested the money in their in their fund would think it was a good idea. Um, so that kind of floored me when I heard that last month. Uh, we have a few, you know, really big corporate names like uh, Butler and RCS Incorporated, Ray Kamek Shows on the West Coast. You have uh, Straight Shows, Ridehoffer. There's some really big operations out there, and there are a lot of uh, mom and pops. There are also a lot of people operating concessions equipment on weekends in addition to their regular jobs. And a new market that I'm starting to realize is a lot of people are starting these small family entertainment centers and shopping malls and uh, in what amounts to backyards. We also have people with pumpkin patches and agritourism business like Pick Your Own Fruit and Christmas Tree Farms that are starting to invest in amusement rides, games, and concessions equipment. So if you're talking just carnivals, the market is kind of small, and I don't believe it's really growing that much year to year. But one of the things that I decided when I started my website was if I wanted this to be a success long term, it had to be international in focus, and it had to be more than just the carnival and amusement parks in North America. Sure, you mentioned international, so is it bigger overseas than it is here, or about the same? Or uh, I don't know if it's bigger or smaller overseas, but I know it's um, it's more successful. It's more ingrained in the culture. More people see it as a viable way of making a living. And over there, it's not uncommon for somebody to be able to trace their roots in the business back three, four, five, or even eight generations. Uh, there's one family, the the Danters in the U.K., who can trace their family back to operating live animal attractions for kings and queens in the Middle Ages. Wow, cool. That um, We attended a – we took a trip out west to the state capital here, Bismarck, and we haven't been there in years, and found they have a small um, carnival-type thing. It's, it's permanently set up, but it's the smaller rides that would almost be for traveling-type um, carnival set up in a, one of their parks. And I thought that was really cool, and I couldn't believe that we don't have something like that here in Fargo. And, of course, I'm a little bit – I got that entrepreneurial mind going where I started thinking, hey, you know, we could set something like this up. It was just cool family fun to go there. It had the, the huge slide. It had a roller coaster, bumper cars. Um, boy, I can't remember some of the other rides. And then they had things just like basketball hoops and batting cages and stuff. And it wasn't a lot to it, but it still was a lot of fun for the day. Yeah, and in that in that area, given the the population and the the available season that they have to work with, that's probably all that that would support. But it's a good opportunity. It's a good option for the local people. And you speak about the entrepreneurial spirit. I'd like to talk about a guy I just met last a few weeks ago. His name is Richard Sherbrook or Sherbrooke. He's from Cormoran, Minnesota. He's 74 years old, and he recently got the wild idea to start a small amusement park in his hometown of Cormoran. And he bought out the, a bunch of rides that used to be at Kittyland in Chicago 
and moved them and set them up. And this was his second year, and it was very successful in just two years of operation. He's now looking at buying a park train and a, and a, one of the bigger carousels to go along with his seven or eight little older model kitty rides like you're talking about. You know, he's got like a, a metal ponies and carts ride. He's got an airplane ride, a kit, uh, one of those little uh, boat rides where the motors push the boats through the tank. You know, he's, he doesn't have anything all that flashy, but it's a good day of family fun. And people come back. I'm hearing that people are coming back to him on a regular basis. They're spending several weekends a summer there. So, you know, you talk about the entrepreneurial spirit. I'm very happy to be working with guys like Richard to try to help him find the pieces he needs to to grow his his park. So if uh, you or somebody else ever gets the wild hair to want to put in one in, in, uh, in, in Fargo, y'all be sure to let me know, and I'll be sure to get you all the best deals I can on, on some used stuff to make the – to make that opening starting price a little more easy to deal with. Sure. Um, Cormont, Minnesota, if it's the, if there's only one, that's only about an hour from us here. Well, I can't picture there's more than one Cormor in Minnesota. Um, he told me that uh, they have, they have a famous mayor there named Mike the Dog. Hmm. I don't know about Mike the Dog, but. <laughs> he told but, me he's, he told me he's lost to the dog twice and so he stopped trying to run for mayor. <laughs> I'll have to look that up because yeah, that's about that'd be cool. I'd go check that out because that's if that is it, it's about an hour from here. Where Fargo is right on the eastern border. I mean, we're actually uh, sister cities with Moorhead, Minnesota. So uh, okay. yeah, that's that's the lakes area that most people around here have lake cabins out in that area. So that's pretty cool. I'll, I wrote that down. I'm gonna have to check that out and see what what that is because my kids are still young enough they can do that kind of thing. Well, ain't that a small world? Here I am talking about a new park in Minnesota, and it turns out you're just we're within a day, uh, close enough that you could go there for the day and come home again. So yeah, cool. Um, so then the other part that I started thinking about, or when you told, said you run this website, is you're blind, and you have been since you were 12. I've been mostly blind. I lost uh, a good chunk of my vision by the time I turned 12 or 13. It was pretty much constant till I was in my early 20s. And then I lost the rest of it. But I've been what I consider totally blind uh, since long before I started running this website because I have no functional vision. Everything I do online, I'm doing using the screen reader and, and listening to whatever it tells me is there on the screen. Sure. And, and so you built the website yourself? I didn't build the first version of it. My, my brother, Michael, who's one of these tech guys who – Computers and electronics seem to talk to him. They, they seem to have a language all their own, and they understand each other. Yeah. He built my first website and had about five pages, and he came up with this, uh, this, uh, I guess you'd call it a widget that allowed me to just upload photos and enter the text. So I really didn't have to know how to run the website. But then he got a really high-paying job moving rides for an independent operation on the East Coast, and he was no longer available to help me with the site. So I didn't have the money to hire a webmaster. And there were things I needed to do to improve the site. I'm one of these people, I'm, I'm never really happy with things staying the way they are. I always think they can be better and that I should be doing more. So I said to myself, you know, what am I going to do? I can't just leave the website the way it is. So I started checking around the web, and I found the W3C.org school, and I started going through their tutorials and learning how to create a website. And I restarted the website from scratch with the pages that I created, now, unfortunately, I didn't realize uh, what color labels went with what colors, 
And when I picked the colors for the original site, I wanted it to be bright. So I picked uh, yellow for the background, uh, blue for the text, and red for the links. Well, apparently the base color that goes with the words as opposed to using the color number designations are really bright. And I was told the yellow was like an ice creaming yellow. And that those colors all combined, they said, Max, your sight is so bright that Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder could have a conversation about it. <laughs> so, but, but I didn't let that keep me from working the site, and I made sales with the site, even with those crazy colors. I added links, uh, built an email list, I started growing my social media connections. Uh, up until 2012, when I found out about WordPress and heard that, you know, if I moved over to WordPress, things would be so much simpler. I wouldn't have to keep hand coding every line of text and links by myself. And I've literally coded thousands, if not millions of lines of code from the time I started the site until three years ago when I switched over to WordPress. And man, are things so much easier when all you have to do is, is, uh, you know, use the WordPress to create a page or a link or a a post. Oh, man, just so much less effort. But, yeah, I did the website all by myself uh, being blind. The only thing that I got help with was I had to have people, usually my brother Patrick, look at the pictures and the videos and tell me what order to put them in and what pictures or videos weren't worth using. Because some people will send you pictures that are just god-awful. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking when they took them because the point is to sell their ride or game or food trailer, but some of the pictures we get are just like, excuse me, who's blind here, me or them? <laughs> I, I I know what you mean. I We've been looking for a new car, and I was look, going through Craigslist the other day, and I thought, what the heck? The one, like, the guy shot, like, directly into the sun, so you just you can barely see the car because all you can see was the sunlight. And I was like, you, don't you want to sell this thing here? I can't even see <laughs> Well, that so um, what was interesting to me is that you did all this. You learned how to code yourself, which I can't code, so that's amazing. So you have um, a program that reads to you. Is that how that works? Yeah, you have a you have two parts to it. You have a sound card that creates the audio, and then you have a software that helps you interpret it and navigate the screen so that you can get to the places where the particular text or links are. Wow, that's. I, that's really amazing. Uh, technology for, um, I have a friend who's, uh, she's a paraplegic and, uh, she works and she uses a computer voice recognition, recognition to type for her and stuff like that. I, I think that stuff is just awesome that it's able to help people out in those type of situations and you, you've taken such an advantage of it. Um, I think that's awesome. I think that's an inspiration that I think there's so many people who could just say, there's no way I could do that. And here you go and show them that you can. Yeah, and I've actually been a little disappointed in myself with with technology because it took me until April to finally get an iPhone. And it's only been because of the iPhone that I've finally gotten to the point where I'm using speech recognition and dictating stuff instead of typing everything out. And also it's taking me a while to get to using a touchscreen, to uh, installing apps and operating them with a touchscreen. Uh, like, for example, I'm still doing all my Skype calls on my laptop because I just didn't feel comfortable. But last week I finally installed Skype on my iPhone. And so from now on, if I do a radio interview like this and I know 
that it's not going to be video where I don't have to worry about the camera on my iPhone being set right. I'm going to do those those Skype calls over my phone. But that's, you know, it's one of those things. I uh, had the laptop, and it was easier doing stuff on the laptop, so I allowed myself to put off embracing technology that makes things even easier for me than the laptop. I'm I'm even like that a little bit myself. I I don't like to... I don't know. I mean, I like technology, but yet I don't seem to update things. I feel like I'm one of the last people to get the newest and best of anything because I just put it off because I like what I have. And then you get the newer one and you think, wow, this is so great. How did I get along without it? (laughs) I couldn't agree with you more. What it is is it's just like with anything else in life. You get comfortable with what you have. You get comfortable with technology where you know how to do X, Y, and Z on it, and you can do it quickly without having to think too much about it. And you're like, I don't really want to have to learn a whole new system or a whole new phone or even a whole new app. Well, half of it was transferring the stuff over when I got my, I got a new phone, whatever, about six months ago, and half of it's just transferring stuff over, which is cool in a way now because, I mean, all my contacts just flow from one thing to the next now. I mean, technology is getting to be so crazy, although it's making me dumber because I still don't even know what my wife's phone number is. I just hit wife on my on my phone, so she gets mad at me because she's like, what if you had to dial a regular phone? I'm like, I don't know. I, w- I guess I couldn't call you because I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think that I'm with her on this. I think there are some numbers that you should actually know the number, and I think your wife's is one of them, so I think I'm with her on this. Yeah, as long as I remember her birthday, I should be okay. Yeah. So um, your website is midwaymarketplace.com, but you have another website, too, theblindblogger.net, because as we were talking about, I said you're an inspiration. You're a motivational person, too. You do a lot of motivating and motivational stuff and yeah, personal coach type of thing through your blogger website there? Yes, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I have, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things, for a long time my friends told me that I was inspiring, that I motivated people, and I just didn't realize how big of a, influence I was having, and my answer was always, hey, I'm just a guy who shows up every day and is doing what he has to to support his family, to build a business, and I'm not really anything all that special. But they finally convinced me to go, Max, what you don't realize is there are thousands, if not millions of people out there who have no physical disability. There's no reason at all why they can't be doing more with their lives, but yet they are happy where they're at. Uh, They sleepwalk through life. They uh, they do the same thing every day, every week, every month, and they're not going anywhere. And they need people like you to show them that uh, that they that they can have more, and that there's uh, lots of things they could be doing if they just decided that that they wanted to wanted to, if they would get to the point where they could see the possibilities instead of coming up with all the reasons why it won't work. Maxwell Ivy, everybody, will be back right after a couple of. Commercial messages. Okay, I'm sure by now you've heard of Audible.com. And you know that they are the leader in providing audiobooks. But you thought, eh, 
I don't have much of a reason to go check it out. Well, I'm going to give you one. If you go to my website, timoshow.com, you can click on the link and get yourself two free audiobooks. You're going to be able to take them and listen to them anywhere that you want. You know, when you're exercising or when you're working on the car or maybe when you're vacuuming the house to help out your wife. Yeah, we do do that sometimes. And so, just go ahead, two free audiobooks, and all you have to do is go to my website, timoshow.com, click on the link, and you will be on your way to improving your mind with free audiobooks from audible.com. If you like the Timo Show, like us on Facebook and subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode. And if you really like us, give us a good rating. Help us out. Help spread the word. The Timo Show. That's right. If you like the show, help spread the word. Keep it going. Tell your friends. Because we have lots of great interviews and more guests coming up for you in the future. So stay tuned for that. Next week, part two with Maxwell Ivy. We didn't get to finish our conversation. It just went on and on and on because we were having a good time. So you're going to want to come back for that good time next week here on the Timo Show. And then coming up after that, we have a guest Jodell Onstott. She's going to come and talk about how science and archaeology prove that the Bible is true. Great interview there coming up. Looking forward to that. So, uh, Maxwell Ivy, all his contact information is on our website. Go to the guest page, click on the links, buy his book, talk to him on Facebook, reach out to him. He'll email you back. He's he's just so outgoing and friendly. He loves to talk to everybody. So do that and tune in next week for part two. All right, we'll see you then during the week. Listen to Two with Timo. Otherwise, we'll see you next Tuesday for a new Timo show. Let's get some beer in you and then it's right to bed.